This is the Marked Podcast from LifeWay Women. We're your hosts, Mary Margaret West and Elizabeth Heineman. Each episode, we'll talk about what God's doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you joined us today. Welcome to another episode of the Marked Podcast. We're so glad y'all are back with us. Hello, everyone. Um, we are today going to talk to Josh and Christy Straub, who are who live here in Nashville. Josh mm-hmm. works here at Lifeway, but they do a ton of other things that uh, no matter your role um, at your church, in your life, in your home, all of that, you've got something that you can gain from what we're going to talk about today um, with Josh and Christy. So welcome to the podcast. We're glad y'all are here. Thanks for having us, guys. Yes, thank you so much. Absolutely. And y'all y'all are like podcast pros. Like yes. y'all do this yourselves. Tell us a little about yourselves, what you do, kind of like how people can connect with you and all that kind of good stuff. Sure. I wouldn't call us a pro, but I mean, <laughs> I do talk a lot, so I feel like I'm some, I'm kind of a natural at it. But um yeah, we have uh we have two kids, 6 and 4. Um, we, we do have a podcast called in this together and Josh and I are both counselors by trade and education, but, um, we really, um, our passion is really just coming alongside the next generation of families and marriages. And so that's why we have a podcast called called in this together because we're quite literally in this together and we don't try to pretend we're anything we're not. And, um, it's just been neat to see as, you know, relatively young parents, a young marriage. Yeah. I mean, we're followers of Christ. We're seeking uh, to live, love and lead well. And it's been pretty cool to see, uh, I'd say how our generation, you know, speaking of like the four of us Mm -hmm. is sort of coming up with um, just great intention. I think to not live the way society has just said to do. And we're kind of breaking out of a mold where it's like, no, there's more than this. And I think we're called to more and to excellence. And so we've loved it. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that title for a podcast too. I feel like it's so perfect because we're all in this together. Yep. Yeah. Well, and it's true too. Like from the standpoint of like, you know, I have my PhD and I had it when I was 30, but I look like I'm like, you know, 25. And it's so funny (laughs) because when I go speak at places, people will be like, I'll even have the host say to me, people are asking how old you are. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, so that's perfect. So usually I'll, I'll stand up and I'll, I, I'm going to be 40 this year, by the way, but I'll stand up and I'll be like, I'm 25. I got married last year. <laughs> and, and, you know, and it kind of takes this, you know, it's funny because it takes the, 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 the question out of the room about how old I am. But, um, in that light, I mean, you know, we don't like to label ourselves, even though I have a PhD, um, and I've had that PhD for 10 years now. It's so, so crazy to think about how time flies, but, um, you know, at the same time too, like we don't have the, an- all the answers and, uh, you know, we're, our kids are six and four. If we had raised them already, you know, even then, I don't know that I'd consider myself an expert, but, yeah. um, just the idea that we're journeying together and, you know, what, what's, we want to be able to share what's working for our family because it might work for your family, but it might not either. There might be mm-hmm. another strategy that works for your family, but let's journey together and let's figure that out so that we can be people who, who, who live on purpose, um, for God's glory. And so that's, that's really our heart. And that's really the heart behind the name of the podcast. Yeah. I love that. And just because it really does, you know, 
it's y'all just speaking from right where you are. And um, and I think that that is something that so many people are looking for, are people mm-hmm. that they can relate to. And I um, mean, even like my husband and I have been married just a little over a year now. And it's like I was telling a friend the other day, like we're still trying to find people like us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And and whether it's through a podcast or through, you know, rela- you know, intentional relationships in person, knowing that you've got some other people who are journeying together with you is so crucial. So I love that that's kind of that that's y'all's heart behind yes. doing what you're doing. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's important. I think that's, that's what's important too, just in terms of like the, the, the people that you surround yourself with mm-hmm, and the yeah. community that you have, because, you know, um, yeah, even just being on stage, um, the more people we can surround ourselves with and in, in the circles that we're around and in and the people we get to serve, that's, that's really where, um, that's what gives you the ability to speak from a stage and and to connect with people in a way that it's about truly about them. And it's absolutely not about you at all. Um, it's about how, how can I serve these people? How can we enter into their world and show them a little bit of who Jesus is? Um, and I think the more that I can stay connected into the community around me and other people's lives and just be me in that community, um, the, the more real we, we are, you know, The more human we are, right? But I think, therefore, I think the more effective your ministry and your impact, because you're 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 serving out of a place of authenticity, mm-hmm. and it's a genuine heart. It's not a a teaching of, or you know, it's a it's a truly knowing. So, yeah. yeah. So I love that you do that. You know, try to find the people that that you can journey with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. And so y'all have your hands in a number of different things that all really, at the end of the day, tie together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love for y'all to share a little bit about 22-6 Parenting, kind of how it started, where y'all are right now, and how that is a resource for for some of the moms who are listening today who have young kids at home. Yeah. So 22-6 Parenting really started out of our desire to raise kids who love God and love others. And I mean, those are the two greatest commandments. And um, you know, we were early on in parenting when we first started it, but we said, Hey, we, part of the in this together idea is how can we serve, how, how can we be a part of serving families? Cause we didn't, you know, most of us didn't grow up in homes where, uh, we were being discipled, right? I mean, it was like this idea of, you know, the idea of the parents being, um, you know, really owning discipleship in the home, mm-hmm. uh, really didn't come about until, you know, re- most recently. And so, um, being able to put a tool in parents' hands where they don't, cause you don't have to be a parent for more than five seconds to realize it's the most guilt ridden, shaming task on the planet. Like mm. you, you're questioning yourself the very moment you become a parent. And that doesn't include the eyes, all the judgmental eyes coming at you in the grocery stores, your kids throwing a temper tantrum. <laughs> so we wanted to put together a, a, a resource that helped parents take the guilt and shame off of like, I have no idea what to do in, in teaching my kids about Jesus. And so that's really what 22.6 is. It's a community of families. We, we journey together. Um, we have a private Facebook community, and then we do uh, coaching and, and uh, uh, coaching videos and, and Facebook Live and interaction. And then um, each month there's uh, – because it's based on Proverbs 22.6 to raise a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. And the idea there is that um, we're raising our kids in the way – and so along the way, there's certain mile markers and pit stops. And so each month we have a specific focus um, and we create uh, bedtime questions and dinnertime stories and morning prayers and drive time and family games um, around certain Bible stories and around that certain mile marker. 
And so it's created just to apply as little or as much as you need to during that month without feeling like, oh my gosh, I haven't completed it all. Um, there's zero pressure there. It's just here, here's a simple tool that you can use. And then we just journey together doing that. So it's, it's been a real joy for us um, to, to be able to journey with these families. Yeah, I love the practicality of 22-6 parenting, how you do have the drive time questions, the bedtime questions, like things like that are so easy. And I feel like it would be easy as a parent to implement those. And like you said, you don't feel super guilty if you can't do all of them. But it's like, here's some places to get started with these conversations that do lead to more um, deep discussions about God and Jesus and, and how to follow him and what that looks like. So I really appreciate the the very practicality of it. For sure. Um, what? So y'all yeah. are talking in the group, um, in the community of 22.6 a lot. And I know you've asked this before, but what are some of the most challenging things that parents are facing today? I think, you know, our generation, I mean, we're just busier than we've ever been. Mm-hmm. We, we did a survey, I think it was like 700 parents responded that said busyness was... Um, was the number one challenge in their home. And I think that's really, I think it just says a lot about our society in general, but it's not that we're, you know, struggling financially. It's not that it's it, that we're just too busy. Too not busy. Enough time. Yeah. That makes just sense. Don't have enough time. And that is, that's a problem of our own making. And mm-hmm. that's why I think it's, um, I, I, it, it just, it spoke volumes. And so, I mean, that really was part of the reason why we created 226 because Um, parents need tools in their hands that they can employ in their families that are helpful and effective and they don't take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And I think eventually that will, uh, I think it'll filter into our kids' generation, unfortunately, (laughs) just that sense of not enough, not enough, not enough time, not enough time, not enough time. And um, that's where we have really, uh, I mean, in our podcast and, and even some of our writing and stuff, we've really tried to hone in on really the topics like Sabbath of rest, of what it looks like to live a life of intention and not just running the rat race that society says run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's what's been really freeing for a lot of families is we're starting to focus on different priorities than what culture says go after the success, the money, the American dream, your kids are in every activity, you're, you know, you're taking vacation, like you're doing all the things that look so good. And you're attaining these outward measures of success. But what does success really look like? And so we do coaching and we do marriage and family coaching. Um, And one of the groups that we run is called a family purpose group, because it's really challenging families to sit down. And like, what is your family's purpose? What yeah. like what did God put you and your spouse together for on this earth? You you, you maybe you've created some offspring. <laughs> what is your family purpose now? Like, what's the point of you being here? Because it's not just to run the rat race and chase the American dream. It's not. And when we get to actually dive into that, it's amazing to see the resolve and the intention and just the clarity. Um, in people's lives that they're just shedding off the layers of the skin that they've sort of adapted because, you know, other people around them, the Joneses next door, you know, do this or that, that. Mm-hmm. and see them, they're just making different choices. And it's, 
Uh, for us, I think the, probably the most incredibly rewarding thing is to watch families and marriages for sure. Cause I mean, that's the hub of the home. That is the, that's what runs the whole show. Um, but to watch them come from just division and brokenness and just almost despair, actually, I would say there's a lot of despair in the marriage and family world. Um, and to move into this, I mean, you almost can't recognize them. It's, it's it's nothing that we do. I'm not saying there's anything special about us. It's just when you allow God to walk into a relationship and change everything from the very foundation, he, he can do the most miraculous work. And it is so beautiful and to watch. Yeah. And so like in that same kind of train of thought, you know, what is – as you parent kids and, you know, for Elizabeth and I, like, you know, we don't have kids at home, you know, we don't have kids, period. We don't, <laughs> we don't have kids anywhere. Yeah. And, um, you know, but what, <laughs> like, wh- how important is it to have a healthy marriage um, as you parent your kids? And what does healthy marriage look like, you know, for, you know, for these busy parents who have so much going on, who just feel caught up mm-hmm. with everything that's happening? You know, how do you, you know, help cultivate healthy marriages? And why is, why is that so important? Yeah, there was a a major research study done. Well, first of all, biblically speaking, I mean, you go back to Genesis 2, and the marital relationship is the only relationship on earth that God uses as a direct uh, reflection of the Holy Trinity himself. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, calling himself the gr- the bridegroom and the church the bride, um, you know, throughout the Old Testament, the, the, the father was the bridegroom and, and Israel the, bri- uh, the, the, the bride. And so you see this uh, – this is the core relationship. This is the one relationship where we are um, on earth uh, used to sanctify us, to grow us, and, and that type of thing. And so when we, so you have that biblically. From a research perspective, research shows uh, there was a meta-analysis done to look at the top 10 parenting strategies to get the outcomes we're looking for in our kids. And the third greatest parenting strategy, there was a meta-analysis. So it looked at mm-hmm. a whole bunch of different studies throughout time of what brought great kid? What 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 were the factors that 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 led to great kids? And the third greatest parenting strategy to get the outcomes we're looking for in our kids was how you treat your spouse, or how you treat a co-parent in a divorce situation. So when you look at that, you go, "Wow, how is that possible? How is it?" And then, by the way, the second greatest parenting strategy was how a parent's a parent's ability to manage his or her own stress. Mm-hmm. And so, if the marital relationship is stressful, if the marital relationship isn't going well, kids are going to pick up on that. They're going yeah. to pick up on on the reflection of that. And let me go to number one. Number one was love and affection. Okay. Well, if if there's not if their kids aren't seeing love and affection in the marriage, if they're not experiencing that, that is that is the core. All, all of our major decisions made, um, and I would say this from a spiritual perspective, um, when our marriage, when we come into agreement in prayer in our marriage, it is the most powerful. Um, from a supernatural perspective, I believe when a husband and wife come together in agreement in prayer, there is a power there. Um, that the enemy can't stand against. And so um, our ability to be unified in our in our marriages is so critical for our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they, they watch, they, they see it. it. It's a model for, um, you know, we, we, we actually did a podcast episode in this not long ago called Why Parenting is the Wrong Term. And uh, this has kind of been Christy's, um, she just doesn't like the word parenting. But when we realized, <laughs> when we realized, uh, you know, when you look at research, I can pretty much sum up all of research 
into one primary conclusion, and that is that our kids become who we are. Mm. And so rather than using the word parenting to describe what it means to raise kids, we like to use the word becoming, yeah. that, that yeah. who we become, our kids become who we are. And so marriage is just uh, a, a major part of that. Absolutely. And even what you said about um, just how sanctifying it is. One of my cousins got married recently and her dad performed the wedding. And after he pronounced the bride and groom, he just said, let the sanctification begin. And everybody <laughs> laughed because it's so true. Like, here you go. Like, it's, you know, it's not all just sunshine and roses past here. But like, he was just giving the honest response. And he's very dry anyway. But it just, you know, I think everybody that understood what he's saying, just chuckled at that because it's so true. And, yeah. um, and that kids are a witness to that. And I know even for me and, you know, Elizabeth and I've talked about this, we've talked about on the podcast that like, even, you know, for me, before I got married, watching other families mm-hmm. do this well, it was such an enriching part of my life as a single woman. And, um, to be a part of that whole, um, to, to be witness to other families growing and, and things that like in watching some of my friends having been married for a long time, like I was in 14 weddings before I got married. And so I've watched (laughs) a lot of my friends walk this stuff out. Some are parents, some are not, but just even in marriage, just some things that I've observed and watched that Mm -hmm. I think we would be wise to, for those of you today who are listening and are single, you know, to, to go, who are those families that I can, you know, learn from and that I want to be present for and, you know, that I can love on their kids. And I know Elizabeth, you've talked a lot about that, Mm -hmm. just how, um, how much that has been a part of your life of being a part of your friends and their kids. Yeah. And being able to enter in and I have, um, I have one sister who also doesn't have kids. And so I don't have any biological nieces or nephews, but I have several friends that have allowed their children to call me aunt, Mm -hmm. which I love. And so um, I always call them my fake nephews and fake nieces. (laughs) And uh, so how as you're parenting and as you're coaching other parents, like how can your friends without kids enter into your family life and into the discipleship specifically of your children? Yeah, you know, what's fascinating about that is in Deuteronomy 6, when you know, Moses is given what a lot of people would say is his farewell speech. Um, he's, uh, he's saying, hero Israel. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and he's saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then he goes on and he says, um, he's speaking to how to raise the next generation, how to leave a legacy, and to instill, you know, the commands of God on the hearts of your children and to speak of them, you know, when they wake up and, you know, uh, when you walk along the way or today's version of drive time and, you know, or uh, when they go to bed and meal times. You know, that a lot of times we look at that and we go, wow, he's talking about how to leave a legacy for parents. And the reality is, is he says, hero Israel. He's not mm-hmm. speaking to parents. He's yeah. speaking to the whole church. Right. And, you know, for us, one of the um, one of the most uh, amazing, we would not be where we are without the Janae's, the Molly's, the Rachel's of the world who have come mm-hmm. into our lives as adopted aunts. Um and have come into our lives and have, have helped us raise our kids yeah. um, who, who have, have not yet been married. Some of them are now married and have their own children, but um, have not yet been married and who have, um, you know, helped live the same values that we live, but have come alongside and lived those same values out with our kids for Christy and I to go on date nights, right. um, for us to have our to, – to, to, to hone in on our marriage, but then also – 
we don't just have them come over just when we go out on date nights and we leave and say, ah, you know, no, we pour into their lives as well. So Mm -hmm. because we know that one day they're going to be, I mean, in 99 plus percent of cases, um, it might be less than that these days. I think it's more like closer to 93, but 93 percent of cases, they're going to one day be married themselves. They're going to have their own children and and we want to be a model for them. And so our ability to pour into them as they pour into us, I believe, is what the church is all about. Yeah, and I would, I would just wholeheartedly, I mean, I was single, I mean, in those single years, um, I think I was invited in and I actually stayed with, when I was in grad school, with my cousins, and they had two young kids at the time, and to be even just a part of their family, to, mm-hmm. um, you know, for that experience, for me to watch it, I mean, I watched my cousin be a mom, and I didn't understand it. I thought, you know, there was definitely a lot of like judgmental thoughts I had about <laughs> how I would do things that different or whatever. Right. Um, and then it, it's amazing just that you become one and the, just uh, that those years were foundational for me yeah. and I've seen it. It's, and it's not just young women. Like, let's talk about the Miss Lindas and Miss Bobettes mm. who have come in. You know, they're yeah. widowed. They are older women who whose kids are out of the house and don't live near them now, right? Right. And right. not our our blood family. And they have been like grandparents. They have they have become more a part of our family in our daily life actually than um, we don't live near our family. So yeah. then our, then our blood family and we adore and wish we lived closer to you, but we just don't. And, Aaron and Julie, uh, yeah. just thinking about, yeah. Um, we have, you know, aunts and uncles who have become older aunts and uncles yeah. who yeah. are married and sisters and, mm-hmm. um, they're waiting for that season of being a grown parent. You know, she wants to be a grandma and she's not yet. And so it's like, right. can I take your daughter on dates? And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> like, whenever all the time you can yeah yes um and I just there is literally nothing I don't I, I just I just think it's the body of Christ like in its most beautiful form where mm-hmm. it's we just get to be community for one another and I yeah. think that's true whether you're married you're with children you're childless you're single you're widowed you're divorced it's um what we've noticed is that with families and marriages, we typically tend to hang out with those who are married and have children. Yeah. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. like attracts like. And yet some of the richest relationships I think we can foster, but it takes intentionality, is to bring people around us who are not like us. Yeah. Different yes. race, um, socioeconomic status, uh, family of origin, um, but also just you know life stage. Mm-hmm. And that has been... Oh, I don't know. It just brings such beauty to your life. I mean, it's like having a pet. Like it's just something so different than what normal life is. Uh, it just adds such a, I don't know, just a beautiful diversity. And yeah, um, you wouldn't be where we are without it. Yeah, I was reading um, Sam Alberry has a book called I think it's seven myths of about singleness. And one of the things he talks about is like the families that invite him in. And he said, this isn't true for every single person. But he said, for me, I love getting to participate in like family life. So he said the chores that my friends may actually not love, like having to put the kids to bed or driving them to school. He's like, I would love to be able to like, that's a privilege to me to get to drive your kids to school one day a week. So he's like, don't feel bad about asking your single friends if they want to do that because that's not 
it's maybe not a chore for them because they don't they don't have to do that every day. Yeah. So it's a privilege to be able to do that. And um, I just loved that that word on, you know, it's it's giving and receiving for both people. It's not just um, a great time for the parents to, oh, I don't have to take my kids to school today. Like that's a freeze them up. But then it also gives him that time to spend with kids that he loves and it just doesn't have um, doesn't get to live with them full time. So he gets to form that relationship with them. So we did want to, and I think oh. Elizabeth like hit the nail on the head. Like it's don't be afraid to ask. Right. I think that's where the breakdown comes is the fear of even for like when I'm in a single season or, you know, it's like, we're like so afraid to ask, mm-hmm. you know, would you like, could, you know, or, or just express our desire to be invited in. Right. Yeah. Whereas, and then on my side, I'm like, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to ask you to do too, like you're busy. I don't want right. to, you know, our house, I don't want you to invite, invite you into my chaos if you don't want that. And so we, I just think we often stay silent and mm-hmm. we don't recognize the needs that are like literally sitting right next door yeah. that we could be serving one another. And I just think you just that, I mean, that's it. I mean, for us, all of us to just be free enough um and brave enough really to just ask yeah and that's something that I've had to make a point of doing with my friends with my fake nieces I've just been like hey can I take them on a Saturday and go somewhere with them because Mm -hmm. there's activities that are kind of like kid activities but I'm like I don't have anyone to do that with and I want to go to the zoo sometime you know Mm -hmm. and so I'm like can I take your girls to the zoo and she was like that would be amazing because then I could get some stuff done at home you know and so it's just things that we don't think about necessarily asking permission to do or asking she probably would never feel okay to be like could you just take my kids to the zoo please but I would love to do that so (laughs) you know just just asking Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and I think too, Elizabeth. No, I think this is just the it. It is the image of of we are all adopted sons and daughters. Right. And so even um, not to uh, I want just challenge even the word fake. I mean, those mm-hmm. are. I mean, I you know. are <laughs> to, and you genuinely are. You know, whether you use the word aunt or auntie or whatever, right. like that's a real thing. I think that that um, is uh, is is a reflection of what our uh, of what the kingdom of God really looks like, and so, um, yeah, sure. I just, yeah, I just think it's a beautiful picture of what it, of what it looks like. So for you to ask, I just think, and, and for you to do that is just so encouraging. It's just, um, it attracts people to 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 who we are as believers. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And it just is truly living in community, like mm-hmm. y'all were saying, Josh and Christy. Like it just, it's us living out that calling that God has put on our lives to be present for one another, to be faithful to meet the needs of those around us. And it's, and like you said, it's not just the people who are in our same kind of like spot in life. Right. And um, it's looking past that. And, and I can, as y'all were talking, I thought of those, the older ones, the younger mm-hmm. ones in my life growing up and even now, right. who have just said, you're a part of us, like come in and be mm-hmm. a part of what's going on. And it's just made a huge difference. Yeah. Okay. So we wanted to talk to you about the new Bible study that y'all have a uh, homegrown. So tell us a little yes. bit, tell us a little bit about that. What is homegrown about? Well, first, yeah, first I want to say that you uh, want to shout out to you for being <laughs> the editor of the Bible study. Yeah. Um, Thank you for doing that. No, because... truly. Like we were joking before they hit record, but I was like, maybe Elizabeth should just talk about it because she knows <laughs> more than we do. No, yeah. It was a fun a project to work on. Job. Oh, thank you. Y'all did great. So, it was fun. You. 
So yeah, so Homegrown is, uh, the subtitle is uh, Cultivating Kids in the Fruit of the Spirit. And really our heart behind that is, uh, you know, we have, it's funny, for years and years I've, I've wanted to do a study on, on the fruit of the Spirit. And so to see it come into fruition um, in this season and this timing is just, I think, really remarkable because... Um, it is so true. He like talked about this for like literally years. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, part of that is because I believe in, in Pete Scazzaro, who's, who has a, a ministry called the Emo- Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. He, he describes and talks about that we can only be as spiritually mature as we are emotionally mature. Mm-hmm. And one of the um, aspects of that is that truly, if we're growing in the spirit, if we're growing and we're walking in our faith, that we're going to become more emotionally mature over time. We're going to become more, I mean, because emotional health requires that we're joyful and peaceful and, you know, that we have kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and goodness and self-control. And and there's so much about that, that that's important. But how do we live that out in the fruit of the Spirit? I mean, ultimately, in Galatians 5, it describes, I mean, we ultimately have to come to know Christ and crucify our flesh. You know, in order for a seed to give birth to life, first it must die. And so there's so many um, botanical illustrations throughout all of Scripture, Jesus being the, the vine and we the branches, you know, like, the, the, you know, being connected to the source of life. Like there's so many illustrations throughout mm-hmm. Scripture of what it means to produce fruit and the botanical illustrations that that are represented there, and and so we wanted to put together a study uh, because we've we've been told by families, you know, uh, we've been asked a lot, you know, or, or, is there a study that we can do with our kids? Is there a study that um, you know we can pour our kids into? Right. And there's not really many out there, and so this was an opportunity for us um, because I think Christy mentioned it earlier, um, you know, our kids only grow. Our kids will grow, will not grow beyond where we are on our spiritual or emotional development while they're under our roof. Like our kids become who we are. And so um, our ability to grow as parents is very, very important because our kids are watching that. And so the study really is an opportunity for parents to learn what it means for them to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. But then it has activities and bedtime questions, just as we talked about Deuteronomy 6 throughout the podcast here, is you know, bedtime questions and activities that, that that parents can do with their kids, bedtime questions, dinnertime stories, these types of things that where parents can do it in a small group with other parents and then leave and go and implement it with their kids throughout the week as well and mm-hmm. really help their kids understand what it means to grow in the, grow in the fruit of the spirit. So, so that's really the heart behind it. Yeah. And I think um, one thing that is cool about it like I said about 22.6 as a whole, is the kids' activities. Because it's not so much like, okay, now we're all going to sit down and dad's going to read from the Bible for an hour and then we're all going to share our feelings mm-hmm. and thoughts about it. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't think that happens very often in, in real families. So these are like games to play and just conversation starters and things like that that point you to those fruit of the Spirit and um, point you to growing in Christ but aren't – so uh, structured that it's not practical for a real family, you know, especially with young right. kids. Yeah. And thank you for pointing that out too, because it, it, it's built um, similar to what we talked about earlier with 22.6, where mm-hmm. we don't want to add shame to people, right. to people that they don't feel like, you know, parents have enough shame in their lives. Um, yeah. uh, 
Christy talked earlier about that that survey we did of the greatest parenting struggle. Being busy and having not enough time was number one. Number uh, three on that list was feeling inadequate. Mm. You know, I mean, we already feel inadequate as parents. We already feel like we're behind the eight ball. And so, the the ability to be able to um, give parents something where they don't feel like they have to keep like, oh, I feel bad if I'm not keeping up. Oh, I didn't read that Bible story tonight. No, these are just simple little tools that you can apply as you need to in your family. Yes. And I think it's great. Um, And I think it's definitely a a much needed resource for parents as they're trying to disciple their kids. And it kind of gives them an outline that, you know, they can use. And um, I know there's some video elements too available on 22-6 Parenting. And so I think it's going to be a great study for families. Um, Thank you. yeah. Yeah, we're excited about it. I think it is so much like what you were saying. I mean, I really, I grew up in a Christian family and mm-hmm. in a home where, you know, my parents did try to disciple us and they raised us um, within, um, I think just, I mean, the church, but also within, you know, sort of the constructs of like a Christian upbringing where there's, right. you know, we're attending the events and we're trying, they try to do the Bible studies. And I just remember as a child, even it feels forced in some ways. And mm-hmm. it, it wasn't them. It was just the, like, you're, it's the awkward, like, how do we feel about this? Let's all right. sit down for a family Bible study. And it just didn't feel natural to a family. And that's, um, and just kids. I mean, kids are just literal. I mean, we can pick out authenticity from fake in a second, mm-hmm. you know, and it just felt like, this isn't how we run our normal days. This feels really contrived. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where I hope, I hope that's what homegrown is, is just a natural fit into the family. And I think, I hope it's a natural outgrowth of who we're becoming as parents Mm -hmm. so that it's so authentic to like, it's like, that's how they see mom and dad growing and they want to be a part of it. And this is ways to engage them in it. And it doesn't feel that, just that it's not fake. And I'm not even my, you know, I I think we have done, we have tried in in every way we can to portray the gospel and and to pass it on to the next generation for generations. And I don't fault any of it. I mean, I just, I applaud it. It's just, I hope that we're, we're starting to learn ways that it's, it's just more of a knowing um, it's a really knowing of God and teaching kids really a knowing of God, not just knowing about God. Mm -hmm. We're really trying to be so, um, not, not, not so transparent that they're seeing, I mean, that we need to be, you know, stronger, braver, kind and kinder, um, than our kids. So they're not, they don't need to see all of the imperfections. They don't need to carry the weight of that, of the stuff that, you know, as we as parents struggle with, but they do need to see the authenticity of that mom and dad do struggle, that mom and dad are trying and are seeking God and we will never get it right. And we will mess up a lot. And that's, that will be true for them too. And that's the freedom of it is that we get to do this together. And I, I just hope and pray that that is seen from a really, um, attractive way that it's 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 an attracting to God into Christ because mom and dad are on that journey not a a compulsion like you have to because this is what we're, we're telling you yeah right um, and that's really the hope with homegrown 
So good. I think that's going to be such a huge tool to help help parents. And and I love this that what y'all do is a really practical way of equipping parents to do, to walk mm-hmm. this out and to journey with them, like we talked about earlier. And um, and we will make sure um, in the show notes today to link to all of that kind of good stuff. And we'll give you some more information about homegrown ways to connect with Josh and Christy and all of that kind of good stuff. But before we wrap up, one last question, um, and especially because y'all are talking together and talking so much about family today, like what has marked you as a family? family we talked about that we saw it we actually saw that question we were <laughs> we were given a heads up on that one yeah yes and, I, and josh goes i think it's jesus and i was like if you say that answer i will literally kick you <laughs> under the table <laughs> um because it's like at the core of it that's true yeah right right I, absolutely i i absolutely get what you're saying yeah. but i think like that's i mean really when we do, we do family purpose groups where it's literally, what is your family purpose? Like what makes you more unique, like unique from every other family in your neighborhood, (laughs) in your town. And I think for us, it is a sense of, um, I want to hear your answer. Oh, like it's, and it's a wrestling. And I think here's the thing. I think too, it's ever changing. Mm. Right. I I do think that it's because as we are evolving and as we are growing, but I, I hope for us, there's a sense of um, becoming and of adventure that we're marked by who we're becoming, like that we're just on this, that we're known for, um, that our kids would know us for, people who are um, becoming what whatever what God has created us to be, and we're not settling for the version of us that we are right now. Mm. So we did not discuss this. We, we, <laughs> the only part we discussed was I'll kick you under the table if you say Jesus. Right. And, and, um, but my answer in my head, so this is, this is totally, if you say Jesus, I will kick you. No, no, this was, this was funny because mine is, uh, and it comes out of our family values, but it's so funny. So mine is growth and adventure. And so oh when you gosh, say becoming an adventure, they were the exact same and we didn't even discuss that. So yeah, I mean, it's, we just want to become, you know, for me, it's always about growing and, and living yeah. with integrity and, and being able to, I, I so am fully on a growing, I, I think ultimately as we grow and adventure, um, we, I just, I want to be so other centered. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, I think that's ultimate humility is that growth process of thinking less of myself and more about other people. And that is truly a journey that we're all on. And I, I wrestle with it all the time, but I want to be on that constant journey. And, and so if my kids can see me growing in that, I'm hoping that that's what, what our, what our entire family embodies and what marks us is that we're, we're growing into other centeredness on a regular basis. That's good. Both great tied in answers and tied into Jesus too. I know. I know. (laughs) 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 so good well thank you both so much um, for being with us on the podcast today this has been a blast and one that we like I told you guys that's we've been um, talking about having Josh and Christy on the podcast for a while now Mm -hmm. and so we're glad we were finally able to make it happen and um, and just we will link to all these fun things that we've talked about 22.6 homegrown they've got a brand new book um, that also just came out that's called what am I feeling and Mm -hmm. so just all kinds of ways either you can connect with the Straups and everything that they do to for you to be 
let me just say that right, for these things to be a helpful resource to you wherever you are. And two, just for those of you who have stuck it out to the end that don't have kids who are still listening today, just be encouraged that mm-hmm. that God has a place for you in somebody's family. Yes. And so just pray that he would open those doors and give you um, the right people to just jump in and do life with and to be a part of what's going on in their families, um, that you can impact them, they can impact you, and mm-hmm. that we will all be mindful. And for the, those of you who do have kids at home, and don't have somebody like that in your family, I pray that you would would pray that prayer um, of God showing you um, who that is that you can invite to be a part of what God is doing in your life and family. Mm-hmm. And so this has been another episode of the Marked Podcast. We will see you next time. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Margaret C and at E.D. Hyman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find Life by Women on all social media channels at Life by Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at lifebywomen.com forward slash podcast. And if you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the show. We will see you next time.